Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 54 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan. You can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan, even though I'm taking a hiatus. Ethan, Ethan's back. back from Ethan's surgery. back. Yeah. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm sore. Gosh, <laughs> dang, I'm sore. Had a couple complications uh, with recovery, so we had to go back to the hospital for a, a few days. Um, oh, man, it's. I think today was day number two that I could actually walk by myself or I could get off the couch by myself and I could stand up by myself. I'm not fully standing straight up yet, but it's been a very... Uh, it's very it's been a very miserable few weeks for sure right. how are you how's everything going uh just trying to move into the new house yeah did it's i slow slow oh, go i understand that <laughs> did i did i miss anything in the world of nascar in the last week or so well bowman's out did you hear about that today I did, and we actually are i think we're going to be debuting a new segment that will actually talk about that okay so yeah that's interesting um i think your guy might have done something pretty cool at talladega did he yeah did he do that yeah he sure did i i'll tell you what man that was so much fun um the race itself which we'll we'll get into a little bit more in depth but i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the outcome <laughs> uh i was i was actually in the hospital when he took the checkered flag so i was i was very um uh no, I was not a number one patient on any one of the <laughs> nursing staff's lists, so I was pretty excited. Well, I'm sure throughout most of the race, you were probably not even thinking that he was going to even come close to winning the race because he was never really in contention. Like, he never really was up there in the top two or three fighting for the win. I mean, maybe a little bit, but for the most part, he wasn't. But yeah. then right there at the end of it, he just kind of snuck his way up there and – he was in he was definitely in the right place at the right time yeah i i even remember the last restart where he f started second on the outside and i thought i wasn't even excited i was like okay well something's gonna happen he's gonna get caught up in a wreck and that's the end of it you mm -hmm. know and somehow he, it didn't happen that way and i was very excited <laughs> <laughs> well this is episode 54 um who do you think of when you hear 54 in nascar so every time I think of 54, I think of Kurt Busch 
in the Monster Energy Xfinity series for driving for KBM, Kyle Busch Motorsports. And I think of specifically a, a race uh, that we were just at, Richmond, in the, I think it was the fall, or no, I'm sorry, it was the spring race of 2012. Kurt Busch won that race, uh, which was the first ever Kyle Busch Motorsports win in the Xfinity Series, and it was the only one because after that year, it dissipated. I do not remember him in that 54 car. Yeah. I just straight up don't remember that. I, well, it was definitely a one-off situation. Mm-hmm. I said after 2012, it dissipated. That's not true. I think it went all the way to 20, I want to say 2015, I believe is what KBM had that 54 team in the Xfinity series. But yeah, it was uh, right at the start when they announced Kyle Busch Motorsports going to Xfinity. It was 50% of the races was raced by Kyle. 50% of them were, were raced by Kurt. And hmm. it wasn't until that next season 2012 when they got that first win okay i just think kyle you know i just think like the skittles gummies car the the twix car you know stuff like that that's i usually think a candy sponsored number 54 oh yeah for that's sure usually what comes to my mind i think there, there might have been a double mint car okay at some yeah. point i'm i'm not i'm not 100 sure but um i definitely don't think of ty gibbs even though he not did drive 54, that's not the one that <laughs> pops into my head. Not yet. No. Nah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's in the fit. What is that his number in the cup? I'm drawing a blank. That is his number. No, it's, yeah, yes, that's it's his number in the cup, isn't it? 54. Yep. 54. Yeah. I don't know why I'm, I keep looking at that car and I keep associating it with 2311. And I know it's kind of, halfway associated with them by association pretty much if that makes any sense yeah. it's not really an in-house operation with them as far as i know it could be they could have a room right across the, the hall i have no idea if joe gibbs and 2311 is in the same building or not but i don't know for some reason i always look at that 54 and it doesn't register to me that that's actually the 18. Right. I I struggle with that as well. 50, uh, 5411. 2311 actually does have their own building. Okay. They're actually building a new building for their building later this season. But right now they're renting out, I think it's the old Dave, uh, Bill Davis building. <laughs> Bill Davis. Or, yeah, Davis. something like that. But they, blast the only the thing... Past. Yeah, the only thing that they're sharing uh, when it comes to JGR and 2311 is pit crews. But even this season, they went and got their own, 2311 got their own pit crews. So I think right now all that, you know, is chassis and and hearts and pieces and stuff. But yeah, I struggle with that too. I always think 54 is with 2311 for some reason. I just have a hard time associating the 54 with Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing. It doesn't help that the 54 has the same sponsor as the 45 half the time. It does, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. for a dyslexic, it's miserable. <laughs> I'm like, is that? Wait a minute, hang on. Am I no? Yeah, no, no. Okay, no. <laughs> gosh, it's wild. Oh, that cracked me up. Oh, that got me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Welcome to my oh, life. Oh goodness, forty-five, fifty-four, monster, monster. Yep. At least nowadays, monster. Uh, that. That car uh, with Tyler Reddick is sponsored by that alcoholic Monster Energy. Yeah. Have you tried that yet? 
I have not. I have. It's okay. Nothing special, but it's okay. I found some at a, at a Pensacola grocery store in Florida one day, and I picked some up, and it's all right. Oh, nice. It's, I mean, it tastes like soda. Oh, does it? I mean, it's, it doesn't taste like Monster Energy. But there was like four flavors in the in the package. I think a, I want to say it was a 12-pack. It might have been just an eight pack. I think it was an oh. eight pack, actually. I think it was a little small oh. box. But I mean, they're all right. It's nothing special, though. Um, let's talk about Talladega for a little bit. Real yeah. Quick. We'll go into the fantasy cup a little bit later. So, overall impressions of the race, what do you think? Oh, man. I was hoping you weren't going to ask that. <laughs> um, I liked it. I liked it for what it is, right? I wish. Now, if you're going to compare the Xfinity race to the Cup race oh, yeah. all day oh. Xfinity, there's not even a there's not even a question. Um, oh man, it was. I am an optimistic person, right? I try to look at everything the bright side. Uh, never try to let my mind go to to a negative mindset, especially when it comes to things that I really, really into like wrestling or, or NASCAR. Um, so I, I think I enjoyed this race more than what some did, but well, I, it yeah. was hard. It was very hard. Like Martinsville, it was tough to convince myself that I'm actually having a great time and this is a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, it was just kind of, you know, a traffic jam on, I, uh, you know, 169 over here, you know, it's, if you move out too soon, you're going to get plummeted to the back. You know, who's brave enough to start a third line, which they did for a little while, even propelled Bubba Wallace from, I think 13th to the lead for a little bit. But I mean, that lasted about 10 laps and mm -hmm. that was the end of that. So what did you think about it? Uh, I, 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 I'm always going to like Taldega. Regardless, yeah. even if it's even if it doesn't have the most exciting racing, I'm always going to like Talladega just straight up. That's my favorite track, my home track. Basically, I, I'm always going to love it. Um, I see. I recognize the fact that I had fun. I had fun watching it. I always yeah. enjoy watching Talladega, but I also recognize the fact that it was really frustrating when Nobody can make a move. Oh, so frustrating. It's this, this, this car just doesn't, there's, it's so funny. They, they made this car. So to do really good on road courses, a mile and a half, but it killed it on some of NASCAR's most staple tracks. You know, the, the fan favorite tracks, fan favorite tracks are not mile and a half of road courses. I'm sorry. Right. That's right. not the ones everybody's like, Oh, I can't wait till we go to Vegas. Nobody's saying that. No, not NASCAR terms anyway. Like nobody's saying, oh man, Sonoma's coming up. I'm like, no, I mean, it's a road course. It's fine. You know, right. I mean, it's whatever. It's, I mean, that's one of the better road courses, but still. Um, but everybody is like, just cannot wait till Daytona and Talladega. Cannot wait until Bristol. Cannot wait till Martinsville. You know, can't wait to North Wilkesboro. You know, we can't wait until these tracks come around. And this car, I mean, I get with Bristol. There's a caveat there because they Bristol dirt was amazing. But as far as actual like regular Bristol, 
this car just does not do well on the shorter tracks and the super speedways for some reason. They they just they can't get as far as the super speedway goes specifically, they can't get any runs. Right. They I mean that's the biggest thing about the super speedway is just being able to get a run on somebody and having that closing rate increased, you know, and it, it isn't about how fast the cars go. It isn't necessarily about that. They NASCAR thinks they slow the cars down, keep them in a, a pack together. So instead of running 195 by themselves and running 202 or 203 in a pack, they're running 180 by themselves. You know, like the the highest divisions run the slowest speeds out there. Right. And in doing so, they're keeping them all bunched together. And uh, yeah, that's cool that you have 36, 37 cars within two seconds of each other, but they can't do anything. Right. I mean, they're just riding double file. I mean, it looks cool, but you used to still have those packs. They might not have been two seconds. They might have been four or five seconds, but you used to still have those packs and people would be able to actually make runs at people and create that, that top lane. Like, okay, that would be single file. But all of a sudden this guy's got to run and he carries four or five people with him, And then it jumbles up the front of the field and somebody jumps up there. And all of a sudden you got three lanes going across the entire racetrack for like 10 laps. So they get it sorted out. That kind of thing never really happened. Right. You know, I mean, a little bit with the third lane, but for the most part, it was the bottom two lanes and mostly it was the bottom. Yeah. And, and then when it did finally happen after a round of pit stops and they had like four wide racing for four or five laps, Fox went to commercial. <laughs> yeah. And when they come back, Mike, uh, Mike Joy's like, Oh, when we left, we had four wide racing for all over the place. And they're finally yeah. settling it out. I was like, why didn't you show it? Right. We didn't have any of that the whole race. And the minute it starts <laughs> happening, they go to commercial, not even a side yeah. by side. Like yeah. I'd have been okay with it if I could at least saw it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think I, we saw mm. the tail of two, two extremes. You know, if you watched the Xfinity race on Saturday, you saw a race that was absolutely chaotic. It had flips and twists and turns and spins and wrecks mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, constant battles for the lead. And like they were, you had to be smart and enticed and you had to be decisive and quick about your moves. And then you go to Sunday, which is like the big boys, the heavy hitters, the all-stars, the elite. And you just kind of got side by side all race long. Well, it reminds me of like in 2000, the Daytona 500 was like one of the worst Daytona 500s in history. It was boring. Nobody could pass anybody. Johnny Benson near about won the race in an unsponsored 10 car <laughs> because yeah. he stayed out on the track or, or had two tires or something at the end of the race with like 10 or 15 to go. And Dale Jarrett, it took him like 10 laps to get by him. And he finally got by him. I mean, this is Daytona. Yeah. You know, I think there might've been four or five lead changes the whole race and Dale Jarrett won it. And oh. Dale Earnhardt, I think, even said, this is the most boring racing I've ever seen. They have completely ruined Daytona. Yeah. And then they came out with that new package that put that little, uh, it, it put that, they called it a wicker. 
across oh, the roof. Yeah. And yeah. I think it even on the spoiler, I think they added one on the back of the spoiler too. So it made the spoiler kind of cup over. Uh-huh. And they put a bunch of little side spoilers up down up and down the car too. And that made those cars punch such a massive hole in the air that people could really get runs on you. Like the draft would, would like yeah. work in overtime. It's like if you go to NASCAR heat and in the settings where where it says like draft effect, normal, you bump it up to extremely high or whatever. Yeah. Like you bump it up to high, which I always do on super speedways anyway, because it's more fun. I do too. I mean why would you want it to be boring? I mean, I'm just going to ride behind this guy. I can't get a run on because the draft effects normal and normal. Isn't it good? Right. You know, you want that rules package. You know, it's like the car tomorrow rules package, you know, that, that rules package, those cars are big boxy. They punch big, massive holes in the air and they got runs and then they could figure out they could actually push each other. And it was even better, honestly, to me. I mean, cause they got massive. They were going 15 mile an hour faster than everybody when they hooked up. It was insane. I love that that style of racing, but people hated it so much. And now we got this. And yeah, you mentioned the Xfinity race. One thing these two races had in common was the blocking. Oh my goodness. In the oh. Xfinity race, the blocking caused a lot of like major, major crashes. In this race, I think pretty much the blocking was just it was condensed down to the last couple of restarts for the most part. Um, you had the, uh, which I guess this really isn't blocking. This is more just a stupid move. The Noah Grayson, Ross Chastain moment where oh, you had the oh. five pushing the one, pushing the 42 oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the restart going into the turns. I mean, can't nobody do anything. Everybody's pushing everybody because it's, it's literally a green, white checkered. Are you talking you know? about Harrison Burton, right? Um, no, that was earlier. That was when Grayson bumped Harrison Burton over a in the, the corner tunnel. over a bump. Yeah, where the tunnel yeah. is, and spun Harrison Burton out, which is shame. Shame for him. He has such oh, a good so, race. Yeah. Oh man. But um, I, I'm talking about the the second to last restart, where Chastain was fourth, Noah Grayson was second, and they were like on the outside line. And Chastain was right behind the 42 pushing him. The five was right behind the one pushing him. And they were going through turns one and two and Grayson couldn't hold on to it. He was wiggling oh. and he scooted up the track. Well, he scooted up the track. Uh, this is the last restart. I'm not going to just back off. Oh yeah. You know, I know and be like, about. Oh yeah. Let's make sure you get settled in and get in front yeah. of me here. It's fine. I'm not going to follow you up there. I'm going to get past you left the hole. I'm going in there yeah. and people were following the one in there too. It was like, yeah, he left the lane open. Absolutely. He's out. Yeah. He messed you, up. He's out. Right. You can't. Yeah. Especially not with somebody as aggressive as Ross Chastain in the most elite level of NASCAR well, coming down to the, you know, the end of a, a race. I don't think Ross Chastain did anything wrong in that I, situation. Honestly, I don't know who would not have tried to pass him. Right. He left a massive hole down there. And when Grayson come back down to try to cut it off, he was already Just, by his, like his front bumper was already by his door. Yeah. So, I mean, that was all, that was all on a rookie completely yeah. right there. And that caused a massive deal with Ryan priest and Kyle Larson. Oh man. 
that was that was scary for a couple of reasons to me one the actual in-car camera of the impact from ryan priest yikes yeah so the first time i they showed that i was i don't know why i remember this i was in the process of yawning and you know how your eyes close a little bit when you're Mm -hmm. yawning and this was a good yawn this is one of those like you know, you make that weird sound when you're in the middle of your yawn. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, stop talking about it. Or I will right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a good, juicy yawn. And my eyes watered. And I all I saw was his his body move when, obviously, he hit the five. And I, I stopped yawning as soon as, like, I saw his visor was back up. And I'm like, wait a minute. Show that again. I never saw it again for the rest of the broadcast. I had to go uh, oh. right before I took twitter off my phone i saw the in car and i was like oh my goodness dude, that was scary it the visor was up because the impact knocked his visor up yeah it and knocked it up not a lot down, of people up. thought that he had hit the steering wheel with his helmet but he didn't but man that was god it just makes you cringe to watch how hard he hit that dude because i think he was even accelerating yes yeah, he, he thought he had missed the wreck so he grabbed a gear and he was going to go. And so he was accelerating into that dude. I don't know how it, fast he was going, maybe about 150 or something. Gosh, man, it, it was horrible. And it reminded me of, uh, I don't know if it was Daytona 500 or if it was uh, the Gatorade duels, but when Kyle Busch went headfirst in the back straightaway uh, wall at Daytona earlier this mm-hmm. season, yeah, it, you saw his head. That was the duels. Like, my goodness, that scared the tarnation out of me. And no exception with priests, like that scared the everlasting life out of me, you know? Holy moly. And priests didn't move as much as Kyle's did. Gosh, dang. He didn't move that much. But right. Kyle's hit was a little different too because he was just about full speed when he hit the wall like that. But he didn't hit it. He was also moving down the track at the same time. So right. the it's it's yeah it's complicated there's a lot of different momentum factors going on with both of these that are just a little different but going to a dead stop like that yeah on somebody's car and then you see the roll bars yeah on the five car and a lot of people are saying well thank god it's not the the driver's door that happens like yeah absolutely thank god it wasn't but the driver's door is also a lot more reinforced than that passenger door so it, it wouldn't have done that to them yeah but still I mean, it would have done something. Yeah, was, I was, yeah. I was seeing things. Sorry, not to cut you off or anything. No, I, just, I was seeing things on some face or some Facebook groups that I was in saying how it would have, uh, you know, if that was driver's side impact, it would have impaled Larson and all this stuff. I'm like, no, it wouldn't have. It would not have done that. But it wouldn't have been good. But no. it wouldn't have been as bad as that because that driver's side, I don't care. It has padding for days. It has a lot of stuffing. It has a lot of padding. That other side. Steel plate reinforcement too. Oh, yeah. And it's bolted in. It's not. You're not getting impaled. Like It's going to have to be an absolute one out of a million chance of something like that happening. Uh, And then I actually went on like this Facebook. I kind of like looked up like how many Facebook groups I was in. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to say it. It's so weird to say Kyle Bush fans are the weirdest breed of people. <laughs> I am so serious, dude. Like there are some of these Kyle Bush fans are absolute just 
jack wagons. Like they are so cringy and so like gives us such a bad name, you know? And like, I have a couple in mind that I would love to name drop, but we're not going to do that. But it's like, Oh gosh, dude, I went back and I, pretty much exit like left so many facebook groups and one of them being uh steve oh no fontis uh ppw like mm-hmm. i accidentally left that group so i sent steve a message i was like hey <laughs> can you can you invite me back to that please <laughs> but that has nothing to do with kyle larson rick so yeah. <laughs> circling back you know we're that's here. all right that's all right um <laughs> But yeah, that was nasty. That was real nasty. Um, I think it, the good thing about this is that NASCAR is taking both the five and the forty ones cars back to the R and D center, so they're going to learn a lot about this car. Why it's you know what? Why is yeah. things not crinkling the way it's supposed to? You know, impact zones and all that stuff. And I think they're going to learn a lot more about this wreck from the nose of the forty one than the side of the five. They have the little black boxes and stuff in the cars too nowadays, right? So that records G forces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll yeah, yeah, transponders, something like that. They're responders, yeah. Transponders. They'll, they'll be able to actually pinpoint the amount of G's that that crash had too. And I'm I hope they publicize that. I, I doubt too. they will, just because this car has had a reputation yeah. of being unsafe and really, really stiff. And I have a feeling that this impact is significantly more uh, impactful. That's a weird phrase. This impact's more impactful. Um, I have a feeling that the G forces on this impact is significantly more yeah. than a different car. Sure. You know, maybe car tomorrow, maybe um, even before. Uh, the old twisted sister, I guess is what you called it back in the day. Yeah. Um, even before with that car, because that car has so many crinkle zones. Yeah. And yeah, just, there's no way it isn't because it looks so violent. It looked awful. As I take a drink from my, uh, Sam Eagle sipper from Disney world. Um, (laughs) who's Sam Eagle? I don't know. Yeah, no idea. Sam I have Eagle no idea is. who that is. <laughs> Shout out I just to anybody to, who knows who Sam Eagle is. I just wanted to support my friend in a moment. <laughs> you know, like, hey, that's such a cool Sam Eagle thing that you're talking about, which I know nothing about. But you yeah, can get to get it back at to Regal the, Eagle Barbecue in uh, Epcot. Anyway, going back. Oh yeah. Well, that's there you go. But you know, <laughs> last thing I was going to say about the Larson and uh, Ryan Priest wreck is. Uh, NASCAR is going to take a look at it. They're going to do a lot of tests and simulations on that, on those two race cars. And they're going to hopefully get a lot of answers, a lot of questions answered with those two race cars. So hopefully moving forward, we'll have a little bit more of peace of mind. I think they took that Ollie's car that flipped at Xfinity too, didn't they? I hope so. Yeah. I think, I think I heard that. I think they, I think they took him too. Wasn't that the wildest wreck? That that flipped was fast. It was fast and violent. And it wasn't until after the commercial break when like you saw it live happening. It was like, okay. Yeah, they didn't saw, show the flip. Yeah. And then they come back from commercial break and they show like the actual flip. And you're like, wait a minute, when did that happen? Like, did that happen like just a few minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> or like the, the speed of the rotation on the car. It's one of the fastest ones I've ever seen. 
Well, I think Rusty has a beat, but God. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I, I say 93 Talladega Rusty was that that's I mean, I, that's one of the most violent ones ever. Yeah. But I mean, this one was right up there. The, it was the speed of the rotation on that flip was just wild. Yeah. Oh gosh. But uh then it comes down to the last restart, which they you know, they made it a whole lap and a half, lap and a quarter. Yeah. Um, and I thought my pick, you know. I should have known better. Um, he has such a good race all race long, but every time yeah. somebody would bump him, he's the only one that did this. Every time oh. somebody would bump him, he'd just about wreck. He got squirrely so many times. He too. did. He was the only one I saw doing that. I mean, like once in a while, somebody would spin out off a bump, but nobody would just constantly be, you know, look like they're chopping wood in the, <laughs> in the car when somebody's hitting them from behind. Like he was, he's yeah. just, Man, it was nonstop. And then right there at the end, he was doing it again. And he actually had the lead. And I feel like he had the race won if he would have stayed low. Yeah. But he didn't stay low. He blocked Blaney once. He blocked Blaney twice. And then Blaney went up the track and he went to block him a third time and he wrecked himself. Yeah. He just straight up crashed himself and a, a few other cars too on top of that. And just completely ruined my chances of getting that Jeff Burton card. And I'll tell you what, I had my heart broken this whole race because I just, I cheer for Kyle Busch all the time. Every single week I cheer for Kyle Busch, but like, you know, this, this year, just this season has yet to be, it's been very lackluster in my opinion, even though he's setting on two wins. So when Kyle Busch is close to the, end of the race and he's you know at least at Tony and Talladega I don't get excited about it I don't get you know like oh my gosh it might happen uh so I was all race long I was concentrated on Brad Kozlowski mm -hmm. and they were oh, you was, must have had the most frustrating race <laughs> oh my goodness dude I was so PO'd all the way through this race and my nurses would come in and they would like you know oh who's winning like they don't know nothing about nascar but like my blood pressure was so high and they were like ethan we're not quite sure how to you know tell you this but like if watching this is gonna you know raise your blood pressure that much like just, <laughs> we're gonna have to ch you know change the channel and i was like no that would not. raise it even more if you stopped oh, it <laughs> so i just kept on watching all race long all 188 laps of this uh, the highest I saw Brad Kozlowski was 20th. Yeah, he, he stayed. Was, like At one point, I think he was in the 30s for most oh of it. Oh, my gosh. I was like sitting there watching Chris, uh, Chris Busher up in like the top 10, and I'm like, golly, man. Well, I'm like, like, man, Justin picked Brad Kozlowski. He's having a bad day. My guy's been up front the whole race. He's led the most right. laps. Here he is. He's about to win the race. Brad Kozlowski's coming up. He's in like 10th, 11th, 9th, yeah. 8th. But my guy's about to win the race. I'm about to win a Jeff Burton card. And then all of a sudden, my guy turned into an idiot. And yeah, Brad so, finished fifth. Yeah. And now I was, oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Between Kyle Busch winning and Brad Kozlowski coming in top five, oh, I could have done a backflip. But what, what kind of confuses me, and I'm not questioning this whatsoever, at all but wasn't there a rule that even on the last lap if you get wrecked or if you're involved with a wreck you have to get scored at the end mm -hmm. of the you gotta keep moving that's the whole thing as long as you keep moving brad got hit but he didn't ever he, stop his momentum he kept moving and he stayed, stayed in line 
so good deal because well see that's the thing he didn't cross the line fifth he like slowed down tremendously but they said something about uh it goes back to the last yeah. scoring loop so since he was scored fifth at the last scoring loop but all he had, he had to do was make it across the line he was yeah he all he had to do was just drive past it didn't necessarily like 20 cars could have passed him but as long as he finished the race, he'll still win, you know, get fifth mm -hmm. place. I was so, so upset on that last lap because I was like, Kyle Bush won awesome. Brad Kozlowski was involved in the wreck. He's gonna get 20 some place finish. And then it said, you know, Brad Kozlowski was fifth. And I was like, okay, don't look at it. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> like, you know, like just get to the hauler, you know. <laughs> but it was very interesting. Yeah, the I hate that end of the caution and that makes everybody like, like, Oh, that's how it is. It's, it's the worst thing. NASCAR on, on super speedways is the worst thing ever. Let's just take all the green, white checkers away on super speedways. Like, yeah, no, 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 don't do that. It one, it ain't NASCAR's fault. Okay. Right. I mean, they put them in this box where they have to race like this. Yeah. But they don't go out there and make these guys block each other and wreck. They don't make these guys push each other and spin each other out. They don't make any of that happen. Yeah. They, they set the rules and parameters where they race. And hopefully they will start looking at these cars and finding ways to get these cars better runs on each other and make it a little more exciting. So you're not just playing track position all day long. Playing track position at Talladega is the dumbest oh. thing I've ever heard. I've never heard that before until this weekend. And I'm like, golly, that's horrible. I mean, the la one of the last stops, everybody just took fuel. Yeah. Like nobody even took tires because they were too scared to, to not be up there at the front of the field. Because if they get put in the back of the field, they're not going to be able to make their way back up because you can't make any runs. You're stuck. And like you said, rush hour traffic jam. Yeah. It's, it, it was very obvious what everybody was doing. Everybody was just doing track position all race long. And the minute you got put back there, you know, it just, what nothing you could do about it except try to regain it, but you couldn't do it on track. Right. That was the thing. You pretty much could not do it on the track unless that third lane just happened to run for a little bit, which it did once in a while, but then it would fall off, you know, because the only people trying the third lane were the desperate people that were like Corey LaJoy and Justin Haley and just people like that. You know, you never really had any, you know, big names up there on that top lane unless they saw it working and they would jump in front of it. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, that's that's how the whole race went. And I think the top lane only really came through twice. I think uh, yeah, I can think off the top of my head. Kind of what I'm thinking is twice. That once with Bubba Wallace, and that's it, really. Mm -hmm. uh, real quick before we take a break, let's uh, let's look at the point standings for the in the Marbles Fantasy Cup. Yeah, and by the way, on one of those Facebook groups, I did win a contest. I told I submitted that my guest was going to be Kyle Bush. <laughs> Uh, and I won a free number eight license plate and hmm. one of the little license plate borders. That's cool. I'm really excited. It should be here tomorrow, but it's like very plain Jane. It's just a silver background with just the number eight. It's very like very plain, but I well, really like. Is it at least the right font? Yes. I mean, it's a Kyle Bush license plate okay. for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Well, I'm just there's a lot of hats out there with the wrong three on it. You know, oh just, my gosh! Just oh, saying, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Like I even know. that ESPN movie doesn't have the right three. Oh, I know, and it bothers me. That bothers the mess out of me. 
Oh, but they gosh. didn't even get the, they didn't even pay for the copyright of that three. Oh, your ESPN for crying out loud. It's if like, you, if you get a, a, the wrong font on the three and your, your movie's called three based on Dale Earnhardt, then you're, you've lost all credibility. It's like when your brain itches, but you can't <laughs> get to it because of your skull. Like it just forever itches. It's kind of like that when I, every time I think about that movie, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so to get down to it, the 2023 in the Marbles point standings after Talladega, Justin continues to be in the lead. He has extended his lead up to 51 points over second place Drew, third place Billy, fourth place Matt, Jessica is top five, which I'm very proud of her. Uh, Josh is up to sixth place. You have fallen all the way to seventh yeah. place. Mm. Over there with me in eighth place. Uh, John is setting in ninth. Caitlin rounds out top ten. She is tenth right now. RJ uh, continues uh, at number 11. Nicole is 12th. Rock is 13th, Tim is 14th, Joe is 15th, and Jody is 16th. I was second place. <laughs> just, I mean, just a few points out yeah. at one point, just maybe three weeks ago. But, man. And, and the bad thing is, last two weeks, every single, like both of my picks last two weeks were up front the whole race right. until the very end of it. And then they just fell off the face of the earth and both of them finished in the twenties. Oh man. What the heck? But but that's a, that's the thing, right? Yeah. That could happen. It could happen to Justin, you know, so happen to Justin, you know, keep, keep at it. You never know. We're not going to do a points reset. The champion's the champion. This is old school. I think Billy actually asked me that question or I don't know if it was Billy or if it was, rock i think it was billy messaged me and asked if during the playoffs if the points are going to get reset and i told him i don't think so Mm-mm. so it's kind of you got to make moves now pal no this and, is well this is the thing because the the number of times you can pick each driver right I, eventually you're going to start looking at looking off the wall a little bit you know so that's when you you can kind of make your move a little bit if you yeah if you've got somebody that you're saving and maybe the other people don't you know, I might have a nice off-the-wall pick this week. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and for everybody that's listening that is involved with our Fantasy Cup, obviously Alex Bowman uh, announced today that he will be out of the race car for like the next three to four weeks. He said Josh Berry is stepping in this weekend. I'm pretty sure, I'm very confident, Josh Berry will fill in for mm-hmm. every week he's gone. Like I, he I'm sure he will. Yeah. Uh, but... As of Dover, it's going to be Josh Berry and not Alex Bowman. So keep that in Broke mind a, when you're making fractured a vertebrae. Yeah, in a sprint car. Yeah, that he can get a waiver for. I mean, yeah, it's not NASCAR, but I feel like he can get a waiver for racing stuff. I can too. I don't like the snowboarding waiver, but I yeah, like a I- racing waiver. Yeah, and we're going to get into this a little bit more in depth here in, in our new segment coming up. But, uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see what other people think about this as well. Well, I mean, I just I think it's just two different things, personally. I mean, he's been racing all other stuff, God, forever. 
you right. know, like then he always racing late models and stuff. I mean, he's he's always running asphalt late models. Are you talking about Alex Bowman? Alex Bowman? Uh, I don't know about asphalt late models, but I know he's doing a lot of mid, uh, midget racing as well. Or is that William Byron I'm thinking of on the I asphalt? It's William late models? Byron, okay. yeah. Because well, Alex Bowman has Al, uh, Alex Bowman Racing, which is his midget uh, uh, race team. And he was actually at the Chili Bowl this year, uh, like he is every single year. But yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, you, I don't fault the dude for going out and doing something he loves like that that involves racing. Right. Um, I think getting injured on a snowboarding accident when you should be at Phoenix qualifying is a little weird. But, you know, that's fine. Um, that was Phoenix, wasn't it? I think it was or Vegas. I think it was Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, anyway. One of them, one of the tracks out west. I think they were back to back weeks too. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, I, so. I digress. Anyway, we're gonna take a break in a minute. Um, gonna talk about skinnymixes.com real quick. If you will go to skinnymixes.com, check out all their inventory. They have plenty of syrups for coffee and cocktails and mocktails and all the accessories that you would need for these syrups like pumps and, and things like that. They have all this stuff. Most of it is sugar free, uh, low calorie, and some of it is even keto friendly, like keep caters to the keto diet more than anything else. We use it all the time. Me and my wife does, uh, like if you listen to the show last week, she was literally drinking a coffee with it that I made for with that in it while we were doing the podcast and I have some every morning. She does too. Every evening as she goes to work, she has two coffees full of it. So everything from pumpkin to caramel to mocha, to hazelnut and any weird flavors, cinnamon roll, just whatever. Uh, go check them out. Highly, highly recommend them. Use the code marbles at checkout and you will get 10% off your first order. So go check them out. Skinnymixes.com. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, but come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are the kids are a bear. They are. Uh, but yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. So, Ethan, I think you have a couple things you want to uh, try out this week, don't you? Yeah. So I thought about this when I was listening to another podcast, and they have what a segment called Spot On, Spot Off. It's kind of a rapid, uh, rapid fire type of quick answer 
to you know uh, storylines in NASCAR. I thought we could put our a little bit of a spin to it, call it the flag game. Uh, <laughs> basically, I'm going to give you a topic or a headline or a storyline within NASCAR. You're either going to tell me green flag, you enjoy it, you agree with it, and and tell me why, or red flag, you do not agree with it, and tell me why, or if you're really stuck in the middle, you can throw that yellow flag and just kind of be in the, in the middle. But uh, I have some, I have some uh, topics, and a lot of it is kind of you know if you follow our Instagram, that's where I'm getting this from. But are you ready to play the flag game? Sure, let's go. All right, pretty simple ones this this week, just because we don't have a lot of uh, crazy storylines going on. But red flag, green flag. Kevin Harvick starts 800 starts this past weekend at Talladega. Green flag, red flag. Uh, green flag. Green flag. <laughs> I mean, you know, because I mean, I mean how you, amazing. How did you not? I mean, that's wild. I kind of was wishing that he would win, just because the idea that Richard Petty was the last one to do it in his 800 start. I had to be like win 199 because it happened right before the Firecracker 400 that year which was his 200th win. So I kind of wish Harvick could have won that race in a way, but but need yeah. to tie a Richard Petty rec- record, you know, cause that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. It would have definitely been pretty, pretty spot on, pretty fun about that. Uh, next one, Jeb Burton wins the NASCAR Xfinity series race at Talladega in what was an exhausting race. What flag, green flag, red flag, yellow flag, green flag. He, uh, didn't he win it last year too? Uh, two years ago. Two yeah. years ago, well, they had mentioned in the pre-race that he they, they told him too, and he didn't know it that he was the only past winner of this race in the field, which caught me off guard. I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" Well, I mean, <laughs> who would have been Ty Gibbs, Noah Grayson, somebody like that? They're not in the yeah. field. You yeah, know? that's very true. Maybe Austin Cindric or something. I don't. Austin Cindric wasn't in the field, was he? Uh, no, he was not. Yeah, there. so. I mean, it makes sense if you if you really think about. it, I guess it makes sense. All those top guys are now they moved on. Yeah, I kind of figured Josh Berry would have won one, but I guess not. Um, it's yeah, kind of wild, right? Yeah, it's uh, it was interesting that he was the only past winner, and he still is the only past winner. Yeah, you know, because he wound up winning this week. So yeah, green flag. All right, uh, Kyle Busch wins the NASCAR Cup Series race. At Talladega, green flag, yellow flag, red flag. Red flag. Why? <laughs> because, because my driver didn't win. Yeah. I, <laughs> because yeah, my, driver, my driver uh, turned idiot there for a minute and just, just completely wiped himself out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one. So you're going green flag on that? No. <laughs> Is that what you said, green flag? Uh, if I'm colorblind, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go checkered flag. That is the end of that story <laughs> on that one. That is exactly what everybody wanted to see. Drew, shout out to you. Uh, Kyle Bush, baby. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next, what, three I have is going to be kind of on the, along the same lines. But uh, keeping up with the NASCAR top 75 drivers in, in history, uh, green flag, yellow flag, red flag, Carl Edwards. Hmm. 
that's tough because I see what they're doing with that. But top 75, Carl Overs doesn't come to mind to me. I am total red yeah, flag. Red flag. I, I agree. That's 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 tough. That's really tough. And I understand you, know, you put somebody like Davy Allison or something in the top 75, and and he's probably won less races than Carl Edwards. But I don't know. Just something about – I don't know. It's just always been something about Edwards that always rubbed me the wrong way anyway. Yeah, so, I huh. I totally agree. I think I was kind of talking about it a little bit earlier uh, last week or not last week, uh, two weeks ago. And with like Mike St uh, Stefanik and a couple of those guys, I was like, man, I really, really pushed in it. I think Edwards, yes, he, I think he's won 28 times the Cup Series. And that's amazing. That's an awesome. I mean, that's more than Dale Jr., I believe. Uh, but he doesn't have a championship. He doesn't have a 500. He does not have Brickyard. He does, I don't know. I think he does have a 600. Or I'm not no, sure. I think that was an all-star race. Uh, you know, I just, I think the backflip was really the only thing that got him over as much as he was. And that doesn't do too much for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, when it comes to this 75 best drivers, I feel like they're leaning way too new school. Oh yeah, it because I feel like God, there's so many old like classic drivers that should be recognized. I mean, I haven't seen the full list. Maybe they are, but I I don't know. I don't know. Red red flag for me. Yeah, absolutely, definitely red flag for me as well. As you hear our dog tampering <laughs> over the uh, hardwood floors, so you're gonna hear some toenails <laughs> or paw nails or whatever you want to call that. All right, moving on. Uh, green flag, red flag. Ron Hornaday Jr. It, I guess, it depends on. It's like before, right? Yeah. It depends on what your criteria is. I mean, if you're strictly looking at Cup, then no, absolutely not. But you're not looking at Cup. You're looking at all of NASCAR and NASCAR. Yeah. Trucks. If there was a top seventy-five drivers in trucks, he would be like top three. Oh, for sure. No you question. Know, between Mike Skinner, Ron Hornaday, uh, Jack Sprague, maybe. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kyle Busch, obviously. But, but Kyle Busch kind of, he goes above and beyond all that. Um, yellow flag. I'm, it's like, maybe. Like, I, I see it, but it's hard for me to not focus on Cup. And I'd be the same way with Mike Stefanik. You know, yeah. we were talking about before. It's like, I see it. If that's the way they're going with it, I see it. But at the same time, it's not quite what you're looking at. As far yeah. as like the fans probably aren't looking that way. You know, the NASCAR body is, but the sanctioning body is, but not the fans. So I'm, gonna, I'm in the middle with it. I, I'm going to give it a red flag on this one. Honestly, I'm just not been a big Ron Hornaday fan. I think he's a, a tremendous person from what I learned off of the uh, interview he did with Dale Jr. on the Dale Jr. download. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't know much about him, and trucks don't do a lot for me. You're so still I'm sore because Kyle got suspended for wrecking him. Oh, oh, <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Okay. I Kyle, I, Kyle was definitely in the wrong on that. <laughs> Come on. I'll tell you what. It's so funny when people are like, oh, you're a Kyle Bush fan. And I'm like, listen, I've been the Kyle Bush fan since 2004, holding it down. I don't even care. I have been through so many trials and tribulations with my fandom of Kyle Bush. That was one that I was like, oh, gosh, yeah. dang. <laughs> oh, man. But loyalty will be the death of me. And Kyle Bush has been my guy since 2004. But situations like that i haven't had that moment yet with chastain because i feel like just about everything chastain has done has been out of like an aggression to try to win or either it's been kind of swayed to one side because that's the popular opinion for sure i don't feel like he's just blatantly went out there and done something incredibly dumb you know or something he shouldn't have been doing at all i feel like He's doing the same kind of stuff everybody else is doing. It's just there's a big, big giant spotlight on him when yeah. he does it, you know. But I, I don't know if he ever did something like that that Kyle, Kyle Bush did <laughs> to a, a points leader or something like that. Yeah, too. <laughs> I had two races from the finale. Yeah, listen, if you ever find yourself in that situation, pal, you just you you have my contact information. You just send me a text and I can walk y'all, through. Y'all it. look it up on YouTube. Kyle oh. Bush, Ron Hornaday. Or you don't have to, actually. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> we can just skip it. Uh, so, uh, what about Jeff Burton being inducted into top 75 greatest drivers on my Instagram? I actually put 65 greatest drivers. Uh, Jeff Burton, top 75. Yeah, you know, he was line? the last person to win a race by leading every single lap. Really? Yeah, 2000 New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Oh, that doesn't. Wow, really? Yeah, it's because they put restricted plates on the cars. Nobody could pass them. Was that for a cup race? Yes, it was a cup race. Oh, okay. And it was right after the Adam Petty and um, Kenny Irwin deaths. Interesting. So they NASCAR didn't know what to do, so they put restricted plates on the cars. Wow. Instead of like installing kill switches and all that, that they wound up. But, but there was a reason why the throttles kept hanging. And they didn't know what to do about it, so they just slowed the cars down with the restrictor plates, so nobody could get a run on them by. Yeah. So everybody ran single file all day long, and Jeff Burton started on the pole and won the race. Hey, you know what? I mean, <laughs> why not? Speaking of Jeff Burton, it was a very Burton-esque weekend with Jeff Burton being ultra-aggressive during the Xfinity race. Ended up winning that race. The only... Uh, oh, by the way, the, green flag. I like green Jeff, flag. I like Jeff Burton in the top 75. I like that. Oh, 100%. Absolutely green flag on my end as well. Uh, Jeb Burton, which is Jeff Burton's nephew, uh, wins the Xfinity race, which is his second career win in Xfinity, coming at the exact same racetrack. Uh, The next day, Harrison Burton, which is the son of Jeff Burton, was racing in the Cup Series, led some laps, did a lot of cool cool little moves, blocking and kind of had it what looked like he was kind of large and in charge for a little while mm-hmm. before the race started jeff or uh harrison burton announced on his uh radio that jeff burton was going to be in the top 75 so i thought that was really cool on top of drew vinsel's gift or a uh, prize if anybody was to win that race was going to be an autographed jeff burton hero card or a uh, trading card and so nobody I thought it was, won. Yeah, nobody won nobody that. Nobody won. But, so it'll get pushed uh, to the it'll get pushed to another week. We'll decide what uh what the next prize race is gonna be. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting how it was very Jeff Burton esque mm-hmm. all weekend. So that was 
really cool. It couldn't have made it better. It, it would have been better if I would have won the card, but who knows? Uh, the last thing I have for the uh, the flag game is Alex. Obviously, we were kind of already talking about it. Alex, I almost said Alex Barton. I went to school with Alex Barton in elementary school. Uh, Alex Bowman announced that he will be out for the next three to four weeks due to uh, fractured vertebrae. Green flag, red flag. I mean, green flag that he's going to be out. Red flag that he's going to be out. What? What am I red flagging? Green flagging. Uh, this whole situation. I mean, D- dissect it if you want to. This is our podcast. We can do what we want. Well, uh, <laughs> green flag on him wanting to do other stuff and racing. I'm never going to ever fault a driver for for basically doing what they love and what they're really good at, and maybe even wanting to get better at it by participating in outside events from nascar and green flag for car owners like rick hendrick and tony stewart for allowing these people to do this i mean kyle larson does it every week just about he's always in a late model somewhere and in fact i think he won talladega short track with red farmer coming up second yes (laughs) what 88 year old red farmer so cool second so cool That, that dude is ageless that man, um, when God you come please. in second to Kyle Larson in a late model, you at eighty-eight I mean, you're the years man. old. Yeah, you're oh, the man. You're the man. Um, so green flag on Hendrick, green flag on Bowman. <laughs> I mean, really cool for Josh Berry to be able to jump back into a Cup car. You know, green flag on that. I guess the only, I mean, and and the only red flag would be if NASCAR doesn't ground the waiver. That would be the only red flag. I mean, red flag on the injury, obviously. But yeah. But I mean, the whole situation as far as everything's going, I mean, Bowman gets to take a little time off to heal up. Barry has some more experience in the cup car, which dang, he's got two top fives in it, doesn't he? Doesn't he have two top fives or at least two top uh, tens? I think he has one top five. He has a second. He definitely has a top five. I want to say he has a top five and a top ten, maybe two top tens. I, I was, I, it's definitely one top five. Yes. But I got, there's, there was two races there where he looked like he was, he was there. Yeah. I mean, it was a possibility he could, he could have won that race if things had went a little differently. So the only red flag of the whole situation would be, uh, is the injury itself and whether or not NASCAR is going to, if NASCAR doesn't grant the waiver for him to come back and compete for a championship. But, but I mean, I think they he, will. I mean, there's no reason why they wouldn't. Yeah, he drives for Hendrick, so I mean, I yeah. think he's covered his bases <laughs> with that. Uh, but I think I think he's gonna have no issues getting a waiver for this. Uh, I'm kind of spot on exactly how you feel. Uh, you know, green flag for, uh, well, red flag for the situation itself. Like, of course, you know, going out and doing what you love to do, dirt racing on the side. You know, Wednesday night, whatever, Thursday nights, uh, awesome. Go do what you want to do. He has his own race team. So he's not going to just not race on his did, own race team. Did you happen to see the wreck? I did, yeah. It looked like the other guy got it worse off, didn't it? It looked like <laughs> that other guy got really like messed up, dude. Yeah, he flipped end over end. I mean, Bowman flipped a couple of times, but the other guy, he went rolling down God. the track, you know, but poor it, guy cuz I don't even know who that is and I'm like, can we not get an update on that dude? I know, right? Um, I, I guess for Bowman, it was kind of the slap on the ground when it was done. I think that I could see that jar on his back a little bit, but 
yeah, it really looked like the other guy was worse off. I was like, God, that's that's Bowman in that red car flipping around. I was like, oh, no, that's an ally car. That's Bowman. I was like, well, what'd he do? He rolled a couple of times, but anyway. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've noticed this trend with Alex Bowman, but Kurt Busch last season uh, backs it into the fence during qualifying at Pocono and has a life or a, a career altering injury of, of a concussion. Uh, Alex Bowman goes out later in the season, does the exact same thing at like Texas or something, and he's out for two or three weeks. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Chase Elliott just coming back from his leg injury uh, out for three to four, five weeks. And as soon as he, that gets done, then Alex Bowman is just like Kurt Busch injured. <laughs> I don't know why it's, you know, somebody gets injured and then Alex Bowman gets injured right after that other person gets kind of healed. And obviously Kurt Busch didn't get healed, but uh, I don't know. I just, I, it was kind of weird almost like, are you? I mean, it's not like you're doing it on purpose, but it's like that's such a weird coincidence. Um, yeah, we kind of got the same mindset on this. Uh, yeah. let's move on to the next game you want to play. You want to do uh, the, the driver game. Uh, what'd you call it? Who oh, am I? Who am I? I, I, yeah. I? I had a brain fart right there, I couldn't think of the name of it. Oh, that's all right. Do you want to play Who Am I? Yeah, I have two separate ones. I was going to do one for our uh, leading to Martinsville, but uh, I, I think we ran out of time on that one, right? Yeah, we yeah, ran out yeah, of time. Yeah, we had an episode that went really long right before Martinsville. Yeah, and then surgery, and then so, – so this is going to be based for Martinsville, and then I'll do a, a more probably an easier – for uh, this coming week at Dover, but I wish you would have done one for Talladega. You know, I probably would have got that one. Yeah. Uh, first one, I have one cup win at Martinsville. Second hint, I've raced for seven different teams at Martinsville throughout my cup series career. Ricky Rudd. No. Oh, I thought I had it. I was going <sighs> to. My third uh, hint for you, I have raced a Toyota, Chevy, Ford, Dodge, and Pontiac at Martinsville, all in the Cup Series. Pontiac. I am a NASCAR Cup Series champion, and the fifth and final clue, or hint, or whatever, I am not racing in NASCAR Cup Series, but I still do race. Who am I? He drove... A Pontiac, if he drove a Dodge and a Pontiac, and that means he was at least driving to 2003. Yes. Before that, like at least because I think 2003 was the last year for the Pontiacs. Um, I mean, full time anyway. I think there might have been a couple of holdoffs, but I think for the most part, 2003 was, was it for the Pontiacs. Dodge came back in 2001. He's a champion. We can eliminate Johnson. He's got plenty of them, and he never raced in any of these. There's always Chevy. I could pretty much just look at the champions from that point on. Yeah. Let's see. What are the Kurt Busch drive? He drove. He drove a Dodge. He drove a Ford. He drove a Chevy. He drove a Toyota. It's Kurt Busch, isn't it? No. It's not Kurt Busch. Oh, he fits it's, it so well. I don't know if how many wins he's got. Much I know time. it's a great, great guess because Kurt Busch. I was like, I bet he's gonna. I bet. But he doesn't race. Guess. He doesn't race. So, oh, I didn't think about that part. 
he said he he doesn't race currently, but he's still like he doesn't isn't in NASCAR currently, but he still races. Correct. Yes. So it'd be like Bobby Labonte or something. Oh, it is Bobby Labonte. Yeah. Awesome. So he's a, he's a modified driver now. Yeah. Okay. And he well, has an SRX. I was gonna say I was more thinking SRX, but yeah, modified. Yeah, him well. and Newman are in the same same series now. Yeah. Awesome. You got Bobby Labonte. Well, is that the first one you got? That's the third try though. Oh, who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, so the next one is for Dover. It's, I mean, it is as obvious as you can get. Uh, I didn't realize it was this obvious until after I wrote it all out. Uh, but clue number one, I have raced for the same team every race I have raced at Dover. <laughs> I don't know why I worded it like that, but I sure <laughs> did. Oh, good lord! Uh, <laughs> the second one, uh, my average Dover finish is five point zero. Okay, so very good, at Dover. Mm -hmm. uh, I have five poles at Dover. I have eleven wins at Dover, and I am the most winningest driver at Dover. Who am I? I wonder if it spans, if it's just a Dover thing or if it spans the concrete in general. Just over. Okay. I mean, he had an amazing career, but I'm talking just over. Well, let's see. He's only driven for one team at Dover. So you're looking, you're not looking at anybody like Mark Martin. Uh, Rusty didn't win that many times. And I don't know how old we're going either. Um, think about people that ran for just one team. It'd be like maybe Hendrick with Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon. Interesting. Yeah. Because they only ran for Hendrick. And I could see them both winning that many times. So now it's just kind of picking and choosing. I'll say Johnson. It is Jimmy Johnson. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. How about that? <laughs> cool. Two for two. See, that's when all I think I Dover, I think Carl Edwards. So I thought you were going to immediately go towards a Carl Edwards thing because he's oh, concrete no Carl, right? Yeah, no, thank you. And Dover is concrete. Yeah, that's very true. Not what I was thinking. Maybe next week Carl Edwards will make, it a, make his return. No, thank you, though. Here's a trivia question for you. Oh, God. What was the first year it was concrete? Dover. Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. 1995. Uh, I, I was going to say 98. <laughs> I thought you said you don't know, so I thought you were giving up. Yeah, I said uh, I don't know. Maybe 1998. 1995 was the first concrete year. That was Kyle Petty's last win. Interesting. Yeah, in the 42 course car, the pink and, the pink and blue car. That's probably why I don't remember it. Um, uh, yeah, ninety four was asphalt still, and they um, that get that, that track was actually in the old NASCAR racing game on the on MS DOS on the old oh, computer system. Yeah, um, and it was asphalt in that game. So that game was probably the last asphalt Dover ever put. Might might be the only asphalt Dover ever put into a NASCAR game. The old nineteen ninety four NASCAR racing game, the very first one made by Papyrus. That's interesting. Nice. I never thought about that. That that might actually be the only uh, asphalt over in NASCAR gaming. Look at that. How about that? How about that? 
All right, one more. What what year was Bristol first concrete? Say that again. What year was Bristol first concrete? Oh gosh, I love Bristol too. I should know this. So uh, I want to say that's when they made it from the one groove bottom to where you could kind of go outside, like to the fence. I don't remember. Gosh dang it, was it like? 2002 was still, I would say 2000. Gosh dang it, 2000. I can tell you one thing: you're in the wrong century. Oh, oh gosh, what is it? It's like 92. Oh really? Mm -hmm. When didn't they remodel it though? They remodeled it, but it was still concrete. Was it still concrete? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I yeah, it was it was asphalt up until I think 91 was the last year it was on asphalt. I know 90 for sure. Oh, that's I, really interesting. One is, I, I could be wrong. It could be 1991 is when it was concrete, but I know for sure it was 90. And I know for sure 92 was concrete because Darrell Walter won his last race at Bristol in 1992 on concrete. Interesting. You know, all these old timers went in their last race on concrete. My goodness. Anywho, that's awesome. Let's, uh, we want to preview Dover just a little bit? Yeah, let's, let's preview Dover. Do you like Dover? I love Dover. I like it too. It's it's really traditional. Yeah, really, it's, like it's just a, it's about it's an oval. It's a basic yeah. oval. There's no tri oval to it. There's there's no super speedway aspect to it. It's not really a short track. It's a mile long. It's a high banked oval, really fast, and concrete makes it a little not traditional, I guess. But I guess that's kind of the new tradition nowadays because there was a span there. There's a lot of concrete tracks. Yeah. I mean, at least three, like I know. And they then they went and concreted the uh, corners of Martinsville. I still know why they did that. Why is that Why is that track half and half? I, I don't ask me that. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, when, when it comes to Martinsville, I remember uh, Jeff Gordon running out over a piece of the race track, and it, like, mm -hmm. damaged his front valence. Yeah, the concrete was coming off the – yeah. Yeah. Breaking apart. I was like – why i don't i don't get it <laughs> i really don't but we're talking about dover. dover yeah i just started talking about concrete in general yeah concrete. chicago was concrete too wasn't it oh gosh i don't think so one of those mile and a half was concrete uh i thought it was chicago land it might be i don't know i don't it wasn't kansas so. kansas is asphalt isn't it? Uh, oh it's asphalt all yeah. day baby so those two came about about the same time. Kansas and Chicago land, they kind of came, came around about the same time. Yeah, I think one of them was concrete and one of them was asphalt. I want to say Chicago land was concrete too. I want to say I, I could be wrong, but something tells me that, that I'm right. Um, the, what, what is one big memory you have associated with Dover? Uh, the Xfinity race in, I think, 2012 or something um, where uh, there was a big, massive wreck on the front straightaway where like Joey Logano and Clint Boyer like, got airborne or something. Uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but, oh, man, it was horrific wrecks. And like Joey Logano in the 20 Home Depot, I think yeah. it was rookie year, flipped end over end. Uh, Dover's just been kind of quietly known to have that monster mentality. If you don't know what Dover is, it's the monster mile. Uh, Miles the monster is the trophy, you know, gimmick 
at that racetrack. I want one. I'm so bad at a hold a 164 scale car. Uh, yeah, and you can definitely get one if you go to the racetrack and they sell those uh, replicas. Oh yeah, I can buy one on eBay right now for like oh. seventy or eighty bucks, and I'm not doing yeah. that. I don't know why I I tell I totally would if I had the money. Heck <laughs> yeah, man! I have I have money for other stuff right now. Thank you. This house, yeah, that's you true. hear the echo in this house. It's a little empty. Um, I'm in the new house. I don't know if I said that or not, but I'm in the new house. It's just not furnished and there's no water in it yet. So I'm just I'm just hanging out with the internet basically. Um, yeah, the the monster mile mascot miles the monster which is a big concrete monster which is kind of neat it's, it's cool and there's a big giant statue of him outside the track holding a full-size car yeah that's awesome you know the trophy is actually the monster and it's big enough to fit a 124 scale car in his hand of the winner that's really cool yeah um it has that reputation because the 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 corners and the straightaways are all high banked. It's it's like a bowl. It's like you're riding around the uh, inside of a bowl when you're in when you're at this track. So if you wreck, what's going to happen? You're going to slide right down the track. It doesn't matter where you are on the track. That's how this works. Nobody stays up top. You slide right down in front of everybody. So if somebody up front wrecks, and especially since this is an oval, you really can't. There's no triable part to this track. You really can't see around oh, the corner. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there's not a whole lot you can do if somebody is right in your way in any way, because it's a lot of, it's very specific. Like your lanes are very specific in what you do. I know in video games, this is one of the hardest thing tracks I ever raced because I cannot get off turn two without slapping the wall in this game. Oh, it's, it's one of the hardest things for me is race at Dover. I, I can do Bristol better than I can do Dover usually because it's so fast. And you want to get that good launch off the corner, but then that wall just, it, it seems like it comes out towards the racetrack coming off of turn two. And for some reason, turn four doesn't feel as bad on the game. It, it might be it's the same. I have no idea in real life, <clears throat> but it feels like it's a lot tighter coming off turn two. And because of that, you're very specific on where you have to go. And you see it coming off of turn two. The people on the inside are really careful and really loose, trying not to jump up into the guy on the outside. And meanwhile, the outside guy is just trying his best not to hit the wall. And then all of a sudden, something happens in front of them. Where are they going to go? Uh, the whole the right track is blocked. Sport. Yeah. At, at this point, and then everybody just kind of slides down the track, and everybody gets collected. This track is notorious for having ten car pileups on the back straightaway. Yeah. And yeah, I just I remember a. I remember one when I was a kid, I think in 1993, I think Rusty Wallace actually caused it. Uh, Jimmy Spencer was involved with it. It was in the 27 McDonald's car at the time. I remember specifically because I think Buddy Baker said, like the hamburger, got, hamburger got a hold of that car. Um, it was damaged so bad. I don't even know if you know what the hamburger is. Uh, I do. <laughs> From McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, they haven't had that in a while. I think it's coming back there. The hamburger? I think the hamburger is coming back. Oh, why? Do you, what do you? In what capacity? What do you? I mean? don't know. He's um, the mascot. I think he's coming back. I think they're bringing him back. That's oh. what I heard. But anyway, oh, that's I, I said good. that just because of the McDonald's car, and that's something Brady Baker said. It, just, yeah. it was a funny little joke. But one of the big, one of my my biggest memories 
of this race was this wreck fest this like wreck filled race in 2004 oh. casey kane was driving the mopar car i believe at the time he might not have been driving it might have been a regular dodge car uh, i know exactly what it. you're talking about yeah and he was like dominating this race like everybody was like man he's finally gonna get his first win today yeah but it was a wreck wreck filled race like it was constantly wrecks in this race and there was actually something happening in another part of the track. It was near the end of the race. It was like 20 or 30 laps to go. And Case King was dominating the front part, first part of this race. And he was leading this race and something else had happened on another part. Like somebody was blowing up or something and they were, they were throwing a caution and mm -hmm. Casey Kane hit that oil spun out full <sighs> speed, totaled his car. I, I was pulling for him to win that race so hard because I like Casey Kane as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, he was he was exciting to watch. It was fun to watch because I was a Dodge fan anyway. And here it was, you know, this is the guy behind Bill Elliott yeah. in this car, you know, and he's doing good, like really good. You're, you think you're looking at the next superstar. He's doing so good. And he lived up a little bit to it, but not near as much as we all thought his potential was. You're talking about Casey Kane? Yeah. Was, did he live up to it enough to be crowned in the 75 top greatest NASCAR drivers in history? He And he's in there, isn't he? He is, yeah, last week. <sighs> See, this is where you start looking at not their accomplishment, but with their abilities. Right. You know, because, like, it's would you say Tim Richmond is, like I said before, would you say Tim Richmond is one of the top 75 drivers? 100%. Yes, I think he's, like, one of the top five drivers of all time. That dude is yeah. amazing. I feel that way about Casey Kane. I feel like his driving ability and based on like all the other stuff he's ever done too, like in other forms of racing, I feel like his driving ability alone. Yes. Uh, the 75 best drivers in NASCAR. Yeah. I feel like it accomplishment wise in NASCAR. No, probably not. Yeah. But it, it's all about your criteria. I think he's good for the sport. It just like the criteria needs to be a little bit more stricter in my opinion. I hate that he didn't have a, a top ride longer than he did. Like, oh, yeah, no. I know he was at Hendrick for a little bit, but at the same time that that five car never was what it is now for, oh. for a long time. That five car was not what it is right now. I mean, I guess it was, I don't know. It never won championships though until no. Kyle Larson. Right. Like, yeah, Kyle Busch won in it. Casey Kane won in it. Um, Mark Martin won in it. Mark Martin. Yep. And I don't know, but it never was. It never seemed like it was a serious title contender. Right. Like Mark, I think Mark Martin finished second in the championship to it. I don't know where Kyle Busch finished with it. I don't know where Casey Kane finished with it. But I know Mark Martin had one of his runner ups in that five car. But Mark Martin's also one of the best drivers in the history of NASCAR. Yeah. And he also, uh, you're talking about the 2004 Dover race that. You know, uh, Casey Kane, he actually wrecked and he still finished 21st. But the winner of that race was Mark Martin. <laughs> uh, in what car? The five? Uh, the six. He was still in the six in the four. Yeah, yeah by okay. Agri. That's yeah, actually, yeah. His last year was in the is in the five. Like his last full time year in the six was in the five. Yes. Because that was Rusty Wallace's last year because yes. they had it's the same retirement year, supposedly. Yeah. Um, you know, Rusty's gone back and said that he wishes that uh, he hadn't listened to Penske and talked him into retiring. Oh, really? Yeah, he says he retired too early. He listened to Penske and Penske wanted him to retire and he just listened to him and did it. 
Oh, I know. Don't you feel bad about that? It's like, man. No bueno. Gosh dang. You know, Rusty should have retired on his own terms. For sure. I mean, Mark did. You know, it wasn't. It, it was so weird to see him in a Hendrick car, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said Mark Martin. Something I I saw this on. I saw this on uh, Instagram uh, while I was in the hospital. Uh, Mark Martin made a tweet, said something. I don't know. He was talking to someone uh, about rap music or whatever. Mark Martin, for being the 204-year-old that he is, he is still in love with hip-hop and, and rap that we were kind of <laughs> discussing a few weeks ago. And Mark Martin made out this uh, tweet that somebody said, oh, making fun of Mark for something. He said something about he was listening to Drake or something. And Mark Martin put out a tweet like in 2012 that said like Drake is soft, man. And then like just here recently, uh, Drake was shown at a club or something with a Mark Martin jacket. And then they uh, put that tweet up into that picture of Drake recently. And oh, everything was okay in the world at that point. <laughs> I thought that was so <laughs> awesome. A Mark Martin jacket. Did it say Viagra across it? Yeah, I said Valvoline. Valvoline still? How about that? Number six. You didn't get the Viagra jacket. Oh, man. It was so funny. I was just like, man. And you know what's funny is like Drake doesn't even know what's going on. He probably doesn't mm -hmm. even know who Mark Martin is. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> back back then, those jackets were massively popular. Oh, Like gosh, I see so Kodak funny. and M&Ms and Sunkiss and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, you know, those are all NASCARs, right? You know those yeah. are NASCAR jackets? Like, oh, okay. I had a Miller one. I Rusty. had a Kyle Busch one. Dude. I had a Rusty's Last Call leather um, Miller light jacket. I still have it. I love it. I have a Kyle Busch 3G uh, jacket actually on my wish list that I'm going to get one day. But Now, is it just a jacket yeah. or is it like the old style where it's like the either it's either leather or it's that real thick with patches all over it and buttons? Uh, you know, I think it's not, I don't think it's the leather. I don't think it's the leather at all. I, it looks like some sort of fabric. I'll send you a picture of it, uh, after we get done here, but yeah, it, it doesn't look like it's leather, but it's, it's still like, it's, bucks. Oh, okay. Well, that's the last one of the good ones. Then. It's like, it's yeah. not a real NASCAR jacket unless it's that real thick with the soft liner on the inside. The oh patches yeah. all over it, down the sleeves, down the front, the big number or whatever it is on the, the sponsor on the back of it. And uh, buttons up to uh, along with the zipper. I think some of them still have zippers. I have a Mopar one like that too. Yeah, uh, big blue, blue and black jacket with a big M on the back of it. I love it. Um, I think that's going to do it for the show this week. Is Dover with the uh, in the Marvels Fantasy Cup? It is not going to be a prize race. We are saving the prize races for the good, like the the not the good. I'm not saying Dover's not gonna be good. It's probably gonna be really good, actually. It's gonna be a fantastic race, yeah. Um, but we're saving it for the big ones. And honestly, the next big one might well, we could do it for Kansas since that's kind of your home track. We do, yeah. we do it for Talladega for my home track. We could do one for your home your home track. Yeah, that's only I think uh what I think next week. I believe. We can run back the Jeff Burton card if Drew's okay with that for the uh, Kansas race. Yeah, it's going to be Dover this week and then Kansas next week. So that'll unless, be a lot of fun. Unless you got a different idea, because I know you were talking about some diecast before, so I don't know what your idea is. I don't know if your situation might have changed a little bit. So 
yeah, yeah, with the die cast, I'm I'm simply just waiting for them to get shipped out. So uh, <clears throat> I kind of keep up to date with what's shipping, and I don't have any sort of news when it comes to die cast all the way up to June. So mm-hmm. none of these die casts are getting shipped out soon. So, but I feel like once once they do, they're all going to be at once. And yeah. So then we can, <laughs> you know, cool. But right now, I'm just waiting for them to start shipping out. All right. Well, we're going to go on out of here. Um, we're going to run down the uh, podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, real quick, fully posable wrestling figure podcast. Uh, also a side project of Scott's, the drunk wrestling history podcast doing the favorite with Eric and Barry, go check out their back catalog. Positively pro wrestling podcast. They put out shows not quite weekly, but they've been putting out pretty regular, especially lately. Uh, Howling with the wolf with Jason Wolf. And man, he is putting out some amazing chop shop stuff right now. I got a, I know I got a couple of them coming myself and uh, magic and the mouse follow those guys. They are uh, it's a husband and wife combo. Talk about Disney world. And um, I enjoy that one a lot. And uh, who you got Ethan? Yeah. As always breaker and Bane's power hour. Did you happen to listen to this weekend's episode or this week's episode? I listen to him every week. Yes. So they were talking about the new uh, Power Ranger movie mm-hmm. on Netflix. I didn't know there was a new Power Ranger movie. So actually this morning, I actually watched it and it was fantastic. Little behind my time. Oh my gosh. It like, was I was just getting too old for power, for something like Power Rangers when it started. My brother yeah. though, my brother was all about it. Like he's oh. why I have toys right now in the toy room that are Power Rangers. Like the original first run 1995 or whatever power rangers oh so good if you if you like the power rangers uh, go listen to this episode the latest episode of breaking brains power hour then go to netflix and watch that new apps that new movie uh also check out shop.banemusic.com uh go listen to the archives of you know it's fake right saturday morning rumble wheel tb toy cast uh no holds barred with the legendary Bill Benis. You heard their commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin. Uh, like Tales from the Estate, you also heard Pulling Up a Chair with our friend uh, Tim at a Chair Shots commercial as well. Go listen to that. Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Jordan. Reffing It Up with Brian Hebner. Uh, Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR, has a podcast, Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast. And that is all I got. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. If you would, please rate and review and follow us on all our social media platforms uh, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod. They're not really our social media platforms. I don't know why we're in it that way. Uh, I don't want Twitter. Elon can have that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> at uh, in the marbles pod and you can also find us on facebook just search in the marbles with soda and ethan and find our logo and you'll find us i don't have a link to read off right now uh you can also email the show at in the marbles pod at gmail.com and if you go to what a maneuver what a i always have trouble saying that word you can uh pick up our shirts we have three shirts there right now if you t- click the top left tab you know it's a search by store tab and if you scroll down to in the marbles you'll see our uh shirt store there and if you go to skinnymixes.com use code marbles and you'll get 10 off your first order and before we get out here you got anything you want to add really fast thank you everyone for all your support your love your thoughts and prayers and your good vibes uh this past weekend with uh, with the whole surgery thing uh really means the world to me thank you for uh 
keeping everybody updated on social media. So to thank you to Nicole for, for stepping in uh, last week for me. Um, don't forget that you could check Dover out this Sunday at 1 p.m. on FS1. But other than that, as always, peace, love, and all the above. Right, it's good to have you back, man. I hope, uh, hope the recovery keeps on going just fine for you. Heck yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time in the marbles.